Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Launching a book isn't easy, but it can also launch you into a whole new life. What's important now is that I am a best-selling author and that's awesome. I found my soul on this journey. I found my purpose, you know, in life. In this show, I talk to authors about how they launched and how it took them to the next level. Hi there, welcome to Launch Pad, the podcast where I talk to best-selling authors and entrepreneurs about what a book can do for your career and how to launch a book. So today I have my friend and client, Chris Joseph, on the podcast. Chris is an amazing man. He has, okay, he's managed three environmental consulting businesses. He's launched two fan-funded music record companies. He's founded a nonprofit um, songwriter, and he has also overcome pancreatic cancer in a very unusual and interesting way. And he has written a book about it. And that book is called Life is a Ride, which is the same uh, title as a song he co-wrote. And he, if you are not inspired by this man, why then? I got nothing that could inspire you more. Um, If you'd like to see the show notes, which includes a transcript of our conversation, go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash Chris Joseph. Now, when we recorded this episode, the book was not yet out. By the time you hear this episode, the book will be available. So please go grab that book. You can get it from the link in the show notes that I just told you about. And I should tell you also that we had some sound issues at the very end. So if you think we got cut off abruptly at the end, you are a thousand percent right. But we had a lovely conversation up until then. So I'm going to stop talking and give you Chris Joseph. So hey there, Chris Joseph. How fun is this? This is fun. fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to ask you at the end if it's fun, but I think it's fun. So, So this is a very special interview for me because we've been working so closely together. And um, while I have had clients on the show before, nobody that I've worked this closely with in so many capacities. And I should say, we're recording this a few weeks before the release, but listener, by the time you hear it, this book is out. So let us talk about how you're feeling right now and how you're planning to launch this book. How I'm feeling right now, well, that's that's a multifaceted answer. I'm feeling nervous since this is my first podcast I'm doing, my first podcast interview. I am incredibly excited about this book, incredibly excited. I, I lived this journey for four years, which we'll talk about. Um, 
I started writing this in March, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but, um, but I've been working nonstop on this since March. Um, so I'm also, I'm nervous, I'm excited, and I'm a bit relieved, to be honest, that, that the book is done. Um, now I'm going to go back to nervous because I'm, you know, whenever you put something out into the world for someone to comment on or read or review or whatever, people are going to have comments. And of course, I want them to be good. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. They will be good. I, I mean, what's there to find fault with A and you? We've never met. So when I say that, that I can't find fault with you, that's obviously you are a human being. But I can't imagine, um, you know, do you think it could cause some controversy in the cancer community? Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of parts in the book where I take aim at Western. I use Western medicine to heal. I use Western medicine in part to heal. Um, and I, I, you know, it could be, but I, 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 when I was writing the book, I kept that in mind. I kept my commentary to, um, to, uh, very limited. And I just wanted to tell my story because I felt if I told my story, no one could argue with that. Right. Right. And they may not like it. They may not like the story, but but no one can take issue with it. What about the doctors that you you use their real names? Yeah. The first oncologist that I fired, I I changed his name. Um, I have not spoken to him since March of 2017. Since I fired him, there's a part of me that wants to send him the book. Yep. And and I might. I might do that. I, I, that sounds a little vindictive, but I might. I, I so understand that instinct. I had a um, a psychiatrist before I got sober who who just did something terrible to me. Um, and I, it, it, that sounds just really weird. He did something that is that is immoral. He basically gave me enough pills to ki- to kill myself and told me he couldn't help me because I was a liar and never said AA or rehab or anything like that. And then. And so I've written about it extensively using his name. He now runs a rehab. So I consider that fair warning. Um, but but I, I get that. I um so so let's so before March, how long had you been wanting to tell your story? So can I tell 30 seconds of please my my history? I in, in October 2016, I got diagnosed with third stage pancreatic cancer which was a complete shock and scary as fuck. Um, I, I was well aware that uh, pancreatic cancer is a deadly form of cancer for most people. Um, I, I was so scared that I just did what the doctor told me, what, what my oncologist told me to do, which was go on chemotherapy. And chemotherapy almost killed me. It wasn't even helping, but it almost... It almost killed me. So how so? How long had you been wanting to tell your story? Um, I actually, uh, when I first got diagnosed, I was really torn about telling anyone, um, let alone ever having the thought of writing a book. Uh, but I, early on in my cancer journey, I started writing a blog, and the blog got really good reactions, um, good responses. 
And then about a year into my journey, when I started doing better, I started getting calls from people, from cancer patients, and also from family members or friends of cancer patients wanting to know, what did I do to survive pancreatic cancer? And I probably got about, I don't know, 50 calls over the two or three years. Um, Mm -hmm. And so around the first of this year, early in 2020, I thought, well, so many people are asking me about the story and I knew it was a good story. Um, I decided, well, what the heck? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can write a book. I I knew nothing about writing a book. Nothing. Never had tried one, never had attempted one. I consider myself to be a halfway decent writer, but it's a different kind of writing that I do. I do technical writing. I've never tried writing a, a memoir. Um this is a plug for for you and, and your publishing company, but I, I can't remember who told me about the workshop you did in March, which I joined. Um, and from that, I hired you guys to do an outline. Mm-hmm. And then you created, simultaneously when the pandemic hit, then you created the Inner Circle, and I joined that. And... From March on, that's when I started writing it and going full bore. So it, it, this wasn't really a well thought out plan until right. this until this year. Well, it's so interesting. Yeah, I I don't know how we came. You came to be aware of me, but you yeah, you just popped up one day, and then popped up every day thereafter for every <laughs> opportunity I presented, and I was like who is this guy? And at first it's, it, I get overwhelmed when new people come into my circle, literal circle. And I, please forgive me. I was getting you mixed up in the beginning with the truck driver guy, um, whose name <laughs> we won't mention. Um, I, I just had you two mixed up. And so I was like, okay, that guy, truck driver is writing a book on cancer. And this guy, Chris is writing a book on trucking. And, um, and then I f- figured it out rather quickly. And I will say that, you know, you showed up every day and have shown up every day to write um, in the inner circle for anyone who doesn't know is this monthly membership program where everybody meets Monday through Friday and writes for an hour and and enrollment will open up again in the spring of 2021. But when you, when said I'm done with my book, was it, you know, within three months, I would say you said that? Uh, that I was done with it. Yes, I, I started in March and I finished in June. Yeah. So I was like, okay, here we go. When a non-writer writes a book, it's one thing, but when a non-writer writes a book in three months, that's it. And I and I really and I I sort of told you this. I braced myself for, oh yeah, yeah. What's this going to look like? And I <laughs> start reading it, and 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 I had just. I, I hadn't read your book. I didn't know what a good writer you are. And I'm not blowing smoke because you can ask most of the clients that I work with who turn in manuscripts and I'm like, oh, oh this needs a ton of work. And I, and I saw immediately not only that I wanted to keep reading, but that, but that it didn't need a lot of work. And I was so impressed and, and so on board. I was on board before because I was supportive of the story, but I really got on board once I read what you'd done. And um, it is such a testament to just to just saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this quickly and I'm going to do this well. You proved to me that it's possible. Um, so that's pretty special. But I, so, yes, go ahead. I, first of all, thank you for that. That's very nice to hear. Um, I, 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 like I said, I always knew I had a great story. 
I always knew that. Um, I didn't know if I could write it. What I learned, one of the many things I've learned in this process is that it's one thing to write the book, but it's quite another thing to go through the editing process, which has been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. That's a lot of work too. It's a lot of work. Um, I, I thought when I finished in June, I, I started to take a deep breath. And then I got the first set of comments back from, from one of your staff. And I, yeah. Okay. I got to, I got to dig in again. I got to dig in again. So the last three months, it's not like I've been relaxing. Um, it's been a lot of work since I finished writing. Yeah. I mean, as the expression goes, writing is rewriting and people don't, know that and you've been such a good sport and i mean working hard and saying thank you the whole way <laughs> so that's mm. not everybody uh is so grateful they're annoyed sometimes but we have to make it the best you know the best quality thing we can or what's the point of releasing it i i never got annoyed because first of all 99.9 percent of the comments were great second of all i knew that the comments were making the book better yeah. And they did make it better. They made it much better. Um, so I, I never had a problem at all. Not at all. Well, and so, and so then, as we've discussed many times, the launch is a whole different thing. And frankly, because we get to take, as authors, we get to make that as, as hard or as easy, as short or as long as we want to. That's the good news. But, um, you know, and I'll tell you with my own book, I'm taking a pause. And then I'm going right back into it again because, you know, this is each book is something that is going to be around for the rest of our lives and after. So why not really go for it? So talk to me about your launch plans. Um, launch plans. Um, well, let, let me back up. I, I've run an environmental consulting company for over 30 years. And so when you're in the consulting business, you sell your services. So I've learned how to sell. Um, I certainly don't know everything, but over 30 years, I've, I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge. I, I have never looked at launching this book as a, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I mean, I certainly learned a lot of things from you and from other people about how to launch a book. But it was never a daunting. It's not a daunting task to me to, okay, I've got this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go full bore. I'm going to shamelessly plug myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got from my day job, I've got an email list of about 20,000 people. I'm going to send emails to every one of them. Some of them are going to be personal emails. Some of them will be a form letter or whatever. But um, everyone's going to hear about my book. I belong to various chat boards. I'm going to post on various chat boards. Um, I'm going to use social media, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I, I'm thinking, and I probably should ask you about this, but I'm thinking about a Facebook ad or two to see how that, how that goes. Um, I'm just starting to look into that. Um, I have about four or five other things I'm doing if you want me to continue, but you look like you wanted to ask me a, a question. Well, I'll tell you something about Facebook ads and books, because this is something I just learned with this. I do not think what... I'm sure Facebook ads will disagree with me. Um, With the amount 
unless you want to invest an insane amount of money, um, I do not think financially they pay off. However, I spent plenty on Facebook ads for my recent book because book sales is not my goal. Earning back the money I'm spending is not my goal. My goal is to spread awareness. And I actually have a great Facebook guy I can give you who specializes in ads for books. And I think it's well worth it. Once the book is out, I'm a big believer in don't do, um, I mean, do a lot of prep for once it's out, but don't promote before it's out. To me, that's like a very old school way of doing things that doesn't work very well anymore. Um, but yes, keep going with your list. Podcasts, of which this is one. I've got a couple more lined up and I've got inquiries into about a half a dozen others. And I mean, there's a, there's a as you, you may know, there's a, such a large cancer community, sadly, but there is. Um, so many people are afflicted with cancer. So I, I'm starting to reach out to people who I think would be like-minded with me mm-hmm. and might want to interview me for their podcast. Um, some different stuff I'm doing. Um, the, the title of the book is Life is a Ride, and it's also a song that I co-wrote back in 2017, um, in which I discussed the story of that in the book. Um, the co-writer of the song is a great musician in New Orleans named Paul Sanchez. And Paul and I are talking about doing a book slash music tour once the pandemic eases or ends. We'll probably not be able to do this till next year. Yeah. But do maybe 10 house concerts, 12 house concerts around the country. Maybe get 50 to 75 people. I don't have unrealistic expectations. Not everyone's going to buy the book or some people will already have the book. Um, I, but I should tell you one other thing is that I, I'm not, I didn't write this book to make money. I didn't write this book to um, build my business. I, I, I wrote it because I had to, Yeah. I had to get it out. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get a little overwhelmed now. I had to get it out. And what I realized, what people offered me on my cancer journey, I didn't know this at the time. I needed hope. And I was getting hope from certain people early on. And I realized when people started calling me, I thought they wanted to know what I did. They wanted hope. They wanted hope. And that's what I, that's what I want from the book. I don't want right. money. I want, right. I want to provide hope. Right. Um. And I think that shines through throughout. And I told you, I know somebody who has cancer now, and I was sending him parts of the book as I was editing it because I knew it would help him. Um, but so let's talk about, okay, this music thing. Let's talk about your history with music. And, you know, let's kind of an entrepreneurial, the way, the way you jumped into Jazz Fest and that whole music scene kind of reminds me of how you jumped into writing and Launchpad. Mm. It's just like you are the guy who seems to just show up and then like kind of lead the crowd. Is that your vibe? Um, well, as someone put it to me a few years ago, um, they called me the idea guy. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have probably 100 ideas and maybe 99 of them are really bad but one of them is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and so the Jazz Fest thing, um, after Katrina hit in 2005, there was a group of people who uh, I had met through Jazz Fest. And on the Jazz Fest chat boards, we called ourselves Threadheads. And we were trying to figure out a way to help the musicians in New Orleans. And at, there was a concert in 2007 
after the uh, it was Paul Sanchez who I talked about earlier and John Boutte, uh, they were playing a, sh a show and playing a set. And after their set ended, I asked them if they were going to make an album, and they said they didn't have any money. They were still trying to find housing after Katrina a year and a half later. And so I just came. It was sort of on the spot. I sort of came up with the idea. Well, let's help. Let's help them out. Let's raise money. And that turned into uh, a not-for-profit record company. It was fan funding, crowdfunding before crowdfunding was even there. Before that, there was even a term. Mm -hmm. um, we we helped make. It was a group of us, hundreds and hundreds of people. We helped make over sixty albums in New Orleans. Started a separate nonprofit that's helped give out about three quarters of a million dollars in grant money to New Orleans musicians. Um, so again, I forgot your question, but um, uh, yeah, I mean that that was how I got started helping out the musicians in New Orleans, and that's how that's what led to the song "Life Is a Ride," and that's what led to calling the book, of course, "Life Is a Ride." And so this idea about your concerts, what do you think of this? What do you think of charging tickets, but the all, okay, so what you could, you could do two things. You could say they get free admission if they buy the book or that like $65, I have no idea. And they get, they get the book, the free admission. I know what you're going to say to me. You're like, I, want, I don't want to charge anyone, something like that. I'm just coming it to you as a publisher. Uh, maybe you have shirts made. It'd say like or hats life is a ride at what do you think of that as like a way and then it's automatic book sales just just so you know i'm not going to say don't charge money um but what i am going to say is um charge money um again i just want to cover my costs with yeah. the book um but i i want the money any you know, let's say we charge $50 or whatever and they get a book and they get there's a cd called life is a ride as well if there's $25 left over per person, I want that money to go to Paul Sanchez because that's his living. Yeah. Um, and as you know, music clubs are closed around the country. He can't play. Yeah. Um, he can't even do house concerts right now because people aren't, aren't hosting those. So when we do this, I, I want the money to go to him. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I do want some sort of a package deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it. And so let's talk about your advanced reader team. So a listener, by the time you see this book, it should have many reviews and be number one in several of its categories. But tell me about who you gathered for that, how you're doing that, all of that stuff. So I, I knew, you know, the term advanced reader team was something I'd never heard of until a couple months ago when I became a part of your advanced yes. reader team for Make Your Mess Your Memoir. Um, and so I, I learned what the term meant and how how uh what the roles that the advanced review team members would play from that experience um your team urged me to do it for this book and i was happily willing to do it um i have about 35 people on my advanced review team uh they got the book about a week and a half ago mm -hmm. most of them most of them have already read it and given me their private reviews and thankfully they're all really good yep. which is nice nice to hear um there's still maybe about a fifth of the people who haven't reviewed it yet or or they haven't uh, told me um they're the ones that are going to purchase 
copies of the of the book of the ebook and write reviews um, right about when the book goes on sale on September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's a great way to create buzz. It's a great way to get really good reviews. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if I'm answering the question you asked me, but um, no, it's good. And just in case uh, listeners don't know what we're even talking about, it's basically a group of people that you gather a month or two before, as Chris was saying. We give them, we'll put the book, a PDF of the book on a site called Book Funnel. You can always also send the PDF, but it's kind of nice. You put it on this site and they can download it. And then you ask them to hold, read it and, and write up a review and just hold on to it until the book is on Amazon. And then um, what, what we do is we put price a book at, at the ebook at 99 cents just for the release. It depends. Uh, sometimes we'll do it for the three days before the release. So just your advanced reader team goes in, buys it for 99 cents, pays the review. With Make Your Mystery Memoir, I left it at 99 cents for a couple weeks because like, I didn't really care. And now I've moved it back down to 99 cents. I'm always just kind of playing around with it. But it's a really good strategy to, as Chris said, get buzz going, um, get reviews, because it's all that social proof stuff. If you look at a book on Amazon that has two reviews, you're less likely to buy it than if you see one with, you know, seven reviews. So that's the strategy. Um, and I noticed that you're putting in your emails, you're, you're already putting, you know, author of the upcoming book, Life is a Ride. Are you, are, is that what I saw? In my email signature absolutely mentions it. Yeah, I've been doing that for a few weeks now. I love it. Um, and, I've, and I've had a few people ask me, Yep. Oh, you you have a book? Oh, that's great. Tell me what it's about. Because some people don't know the, the, about my journey, some of my clients and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, I, I figure, again, what I said a few minutes ago, I don't have a problem promoting myself whatsoever. Um, there's many situations, many social situations where I'm very shy. Mm-hmm. But from a business standpoint, I figure, well, people are going to either say, hey, that's great, or they're going to think it's obnoxious where they're not going to think about it at all. And whatever they think, it doesn't bother me. And it really, especially in a book like this, it is doing people a disservice if this book will help them. So I think it's also going, okay, this isn't about me. This is about getting this message to the people who need to hear it. So that, I think, can take the self-consciousness too away from it. I I know I feel self-conscious promoting books endlessly, but... I, think, I mean, I, yeah. I, I will tell you a very quick story. Yeah. As recently as yesterday, I got a call, a friend of a friend from a woman who's 46 years old and about five weeks ago got diagnosed with fourth stage colon cancer. And she'd heard about what I had gone through, about my success. I talked to her for about an hour yesterday. Um, and, and you know what it's like. I mean, to be of service to someone else. Mm-hmm is amazing. Mm-hmm. You can't put a price on that. You can't. I mean, I gave her some ideas, but I, more more than anything, I think I just heard what she had to say and I understood what she was going through. Yeah. And so, and again, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but that's what I want from the book. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I mean, and that is really what a book does. It's, you know, thousands or hundreds or dozens of conversations uh, because it's not realistic to 
to talk to everybody one-on-one. But right. that's that's what it's for, to give people hope and to for them to read it and know that there's someone out there who, who even if it, it's not a successful story, I mean, yours, has, yours is a massive success story, but just knowing that there are other people out there, because I think when we struggle, we forget one of the, the ideas of, you know, the symptoms of depression is thinking you're the only person out there who's got this problem. Absolutely, yes. We can make ourselves feel tremendously alone. Um, yeah, totally agree. And um, what else? Oh, I wanted to ask you about this. You know, you have this massive email list, but that they're, they're clients for your company. How are, what are you going to, are you going to email them once? Are you going to email them a few times? Are you going to, how, how are you going to handle that one? Have you written the emails yet? Because you should. Um, I haven't written emails yet, but I probably will soon. Um, I, I think I will probably pester people. Yeah. Um, I, I probably will. Uh, um, and I think, you know, from a 20,000 person email list, you know, I might get, I don't really know how many I, I would get to buy from that, but maybe a thousand people might buy it. Um, I hope. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, to your question of, will I send them repeat emails? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I sent out a newsletter last week talking about how the only I got because the week of my release, I sent out three emails and one person wrote me and said, you know, uh, like, you know, I guess with the virus, like you're, you're for money. And so you're just trying to exploit people by selling, 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 you know, this is someone who signed up for my list. And I'm like, Hey buddy, I'm selling my book for 99 cents. So I hope to God, nobody is trying to think of this as a way to make a living. But, you know, but for the most part, people don't get upset. For the most part, people are real, you know, because they also don't read every email. Think of all the emails that, you know, just automatically deliver. So again, you're doing them a service by continuing to tell them about something that could help them. Also, I mean, in my day job, I get maybe a hundred emails a day, um, just work-related emails. So I'm going to use in my responses to those emails, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know, I have a book out. Oh, that's really smart. Yes. Yes. um, Again, it's a shameless plug. I understand that, but that's fine. I'm okay with it. You know, speaking of shame, this was something that Emily Redondo and I pulled on my advanced reader team, which I highly recommend. We called it the double shame. It was for people who didn't do the review, who joined the advanced reader team, who didn't do the review, which the bigger your group is going to be, the more people you're going to have like that. So she sent an email saying, hey, we didn't see your review. And then if they didn't respond to her, I sent the email saying the same thing. The <laughs> double shame. Oh my God, did it work? It was the one-two punch and suddenly I had 10 more reviews. So I think that's also something, you know, Chris, for you to know and for anyone who's listening who wants to use the advanced reader team technique, people say they're going to do it and they don't do it. And you just have to stay on top of them. We only had one person in the whole, in the whole group that said, stop emailing me. I'm done. And we did. <laughs> that's the solution. My my kids would tell you that I have no, they know I nudge them about just about everything. So I don't have a problem bugging people. Um, yeah. yeah, good, good. It. It's going to come in handy because you have yeah. such a nice demeanor too. It's never going to feel like, you know, 
you're bugging. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure my kids would say that. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'll debate it with them. So, okay, we have to get close to wrapping up. What is it you want mm-hmm. listeners to most know about your book? Uh, I guess it's about my book and uh, and also about writing a book. Um, yeah. You know, it's repeating a theme that we've talked about at least a couple times already on this podcast, but um, my book is about hope. Um, and it's not even necessarily about cancer. It could be about any kind of serious life-threatening disease that's scary as fuck. Um, I, I, I think that one of the things I was taught and I write about it in the book is to be your own CEO, take charge of your own healthcare. Um, so I want people to know, and I think a lot of people already do know this, that doctors don't know everything. They don't. They know a lot. Some of them know more than, than other doctors. But, you, you know, it's talking about nudging people. You have to nudge your medical professionals. You have to question them. You have to get second opinions. You have to get third opinions. Um, these are all the things that, by the way, I didn't do when I first started. So I'm not saying this from a lofty perch. These are things I learned the hard way on my journey. Um, so, you know, I want people to know that there's hope. I want people to hopefully learn from mistakes I made uh, and things and good things I learned along the way. What I want to say, what I want to know, what I want to tell people about writing a book is I sort of feel like if I can do it, a lot of people can do it. Um, because like I said, writing a book six months ago was not on my radar screen whatsoever or eight months ago. Um, it's hard work. It's hard work and it takes a lot of uh, diligence and it takes, I mean, I know I'm talking to someone who's written eight or nine books, but um, it's, it's, it's really worth it. I got to say, I'm really, really happy that I wrote this book. 